0: Welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for October 28th through November 26th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares insights about Scorpio season as we move into the depths and break spells that are no longer serving us. She advises us to be patient and receptive to turbulence as we merge with the dark inside of ourselves and outside of ourselves. She provides ritual suggestions for working with the elements and recommendations for herbs to work with during the month. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank our new Patreon subscribers, Carolyn Greta, Sophie Mitchell, and Annalise Sullivan. Thank you so much for helping to make this show possible. If you've enjoyed the podcast and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise, where I'm sharing writing prompts, digital downloads, behind-the-scenes videos, and other treats. Hi, Susan. Thank you for being on the show today.
1: My pleasure, as always. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, here we are in the heart of the fall season with a lot of thinning of the veil celebrations coming up, and I'm excited to hear about uh, what the stars and the moon and the bodies up in the sky have in store for us this month.
1: It's a very intense lunation, and I want to say as a... uh, trigger warning before we get started, for if for some reason I use um, a a word that you might somehow translate as something either negative or creating anxiety, anything like that, please just take a breath. Um, I'm doing my very best not to because I don't believe in that kind of astrology. I don't believe anything uh, happens to us. And I believe that we'll circle back to share together what our own experience was of of this particular window of time. Um, But I'm saying that just to say that we may be using words like raw and intense and um, disruptive because of just where we're seeing some of the transits in play um, and the signs that invite us to a deeper, more intense experience. Um, But in fact, that's part of life. And again, it It could be the most wonderful. It's not necessarily evaluative or positive or negative. It's just kind of letting us invite in an understanding of the landscape we're stepping into and uh, in a way that helps us feel empowered, hopefully. One of the big features of this new moon is a Mercury retrograde uh, information processing. On the 27th, we have a new moon in mysterious fixed water sign Scorpio that is at 4 degrees, and this occurs at um, 10.39 p.m. CST, so adjusting your zones and your timing uh, appropriately. Interestingly enough, with that degree, the, one of the, the important features to that is that exactly opposite, exactly opposing, across the aisle, so to speak, of this new moon is where we will greet the full moon two weeks later in Taurus, fixed-Earth Taurus, where Uranus has moved into last year for um, about seven more years. And it's at four degrees also. So point being Uranus, which is that lightning bolt, um, timeless, brilliant, out-of-the-box disruptive, um, wanting us to really move into something and chart a new course, is going to be blasting this new moon. So that's why we talk about that it's going to have a significant impact on uh, what happens inside this new moon and as we walk and move with it. So that's why, you know, each new moon and each full moon, we always go through the same zodiac signs, but they have different transits and they have different experiences uh, that are in play on the earthly level and then on the cosmic level, which always create a unique opportunity for us. And each of these cycles are like chapters of a book. So they build on each other. So as we move into this new moon uh, in, in uh, Scorpio, we remember that these that new moons are the beginning, and so the moon has a very receptive attitude as she meets the life force and the light of the sun, because the moon and the sun are together, uh, which is exactly when we get the new moon. So when we think about that, the new moon, the moon has just emptied her light out completely. She's completely receptive to the sign that the sun is in and to joining the sun and being influenced as she moves forward. So um, as we move forward, we think about that, that, you know, this is in the heart of the fall, in the west direction of the medicine wheel, the fall of the season. Um, We're really right now moving into the depth of the darkness. Not so much darkness, you know, obviously the, the, to me the winter feels more still because we're so established into that colder, quieter, Um, Experience for those of us who experience a uh, winter as having also the season of more, um, you know, more cold. But um, for the experience of really shifting from light to dark, when we're going into the dark, uh, we're really going into ourself, we're going into our soul. And again, I think many of us are light sensitive or we really feel that. We, we're very sensitive to our emotions regarding the light dwindling and, and things of that nature. And I think that there can be fear associated with the dark. But what's really important is that when we align with teachings or teachers as it relates, particularly to earth honoring traditions where there is that notion of um, the two-legged, which is us, connecting with four-legged or winged ones, meaning there are elements of teachers that are in the animal uh, realm that their eyes attuned to the dark. They're comfortable in the dark. The jaguar, or we talk about a wolf. They have intuition that helps them navigate the bat, the owl. So these are creatures that we might associate that have the ability, when we um, think about it, that that understand how to attune into very focused intuition, that and other senses that they tune into, that allow them to navigate in the dark. So you know, there's really this notion that in order to hold our light, we need to have the courage to understand our dark, um, which reminds me very much of my shamanic um, teachings that, really, my learnings um, that was was so powerful had to do with that notion of. Um, that it's not that we don't face our fear, we need to face our fear, doesn't mean we're fearless, but we start to have some ability to appreciate the importance of not judging or running away from what uh, is the maybe inherited experience or a young experience of not being comforted through the dark and not having um, in some ways interpretations of how to sit in that space and how to understand the value, the sweetness, the warmth, and the, um, uh, the learning, you know, of those spaces. So I think that this is, uh, Scorpio is always, uh, it's, it's not superficial on any level. It wants to go deep. It is everything beneath the surface. So when you're working with Scorpio, it tends, or if you are Scorpio or wherever Scorpio is in your chart, it says this is the place where you're naturally going to— And I don't mean sink in a bad way, I mean uh, relax into, or there is, a, there is a, a bottom is lower, there is a, for lack of a better word, a descent into more depth. That's where the power is. That's where the greater knowledge is. And um, the mystery lies. So if all of us are interested in spiritual understandings, when we talk about magic, when we talk about that inner self that we want to get to know, we need to be comfortable in a descent as real, As then we have an ascent. So everything has its value. So Scorpio will go deep. So in the Scorpio season, um, the more we can say, okay, let's sit in and, and not react and run away from whatever might be tweaking us in our own discomforts. Let's breathe with it. Let's get some support with it. And let's try to understand it. Scorpio has two rulers. It has um, the classic ruler was Mars. And then the, the, when Pluto got discovered, Pluto was always there. But when Pluto got discovered um, in the 30s, then Pluto was given to Scorpio. So it has two rulerships. Mars is much quicker, Mars is a doer, Mars is in a, kind of an expression of energy. Mars likes to fix and correct. But um, Pluto more wants to understand and heal. So when we think about those ways in this particular cycle, just keep remembering that, that if we can um, really allow and have patience to what is coming up that might be messy, that might be disruptive, that might um, really cause a lot of frustration and impatience, to remember that there's learning to be had and there's healing to be had. And there's a lot of freedom inside of that because we can unknot some things that we just return back to anyway. And this lunation is really going to support that. It's not really going to support trying to move to, through something too, too quickly to get it off our plate, um, which is not to say that we can't be efficient. We always have that ability, but just to understand that there's other, there's other um, capacities and potential in this. Um, so the receptive attitude that we begin this process is really helpful. Uh, so as we start, I just want to take us through the landscape a little bit. Uh, three days after this new moon, so we've got this new moon um, on the 27th, and about three days later, because it's in the evening of the 27th, um, Mercury goes retrograde on the same day we have the cross quarter holy day of halloween uh and i as we always do before we start our uh, recording are trying our best to understand what is the best so maybe you'll let us know the best pronunciation the most correct pronunciation i was saying someone and Dorote, what was your
0: when i looked it up it was it seemed to be pronounced Sawin. But for those who may know, it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So I guess it's a Gaelic word. And yeah, we'd love to know how to really pronounce it, if anyone knows.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm sure you do. So we look forward to that to that correction. But with Halloween um, opening up, they say the veils. And when I say they say it, meaning that mystical um, practices and teachings. This is considered the witch's new year. This time, this cross-quarter between the fall equinox and the winter solstice, the heart, the depth, the sinking in to the mystery, to the veils between the worlds, really become very, very thin. So this is a time Uh, that as we move into Halloween and then we move into the next day is All Saints Day and the next day is the Day of the Dead on the 2nd. So we've got two portals. We've got this one portal of this new moon in Scorpio that is bringing us three days later into this very significant shift. And then we've got another one. So I would say with that in mind, when we, anybody likes to do any kind of intention setting um, around new moons, What's ideal, and just to kind of remember this, which we talk about as we have the chapters of our book through the podcast, is that the day before the new moon, when the when the moon is balsamic, when it's dissolved, and there's absolutely complete darkness, that's a wonderful moment to set our intentions, because we're just then in that moment moving into the new moon, when the sun and the moon meet together, the moon's in that receptive moment, and starts to then move into her building for uh, the seeds and the growth that the sun and the alchemy of everything moves forward. So, when we look at this new moon and we look at the Sabian symbol of this new moon, um, what is really significant to me is it is a um, it's a very it, it's the power of mystery and the um, power that exists. Around and that a physical container needs to hold. So the the symbol is a massive rocky shore. So I think I'm thinking of like Big Sur, or you know the cliffs that are in Ireland, or uh, all these these cliffs where you look at them and you see the shoreline and it's it's wild and it's um, it's rough and it can be erosive. That there is this very rocky shoreline and then there is this wild sort of sea that meets it. And so that's sort of like in some ways Scorpio is that water. It's wild. It's deep. It's mysterious. It's dynamic. It's got that intense power. And then you've got the shoreline is not a manicured. It's earth. It's like our body holding the universe within us. You know, sometimes we have a different experience of the body and the water. It's like beautiful lakes and, you know, and, and this beautiful sort of containment of our bodies. And this is the, the aspect of our physical earthly, like Torian self, which is that rocky shoreline that holds the, the deepest, most intense life force within us. How does it hold itself together? And so there, there can be with this lunation as we begin it. Think about that. That it's, there's a focus to all the fixed signs. So last month we talked about um, cardinal signs because we were in that Aries and that uh, that Libra, the launching of the seasons. Fixed signs, uh, all four elements of the fixed signs, are like posters or pillars of our lives. They are not easily moved. They are there to stand the test of time, to keep us steadied. So if we think about that turbulent, intense shoreline water, and then we think about that earth, boy, is that earth strong? That that earth can really shield us. Occasionally, it falls like you know in Esalen a couple of years ago, when uh, or, or the the road all the way to Esalen and Big Sur were actually a part of of the. Um, you know, the seawall or the side of that of that cliff just collapsed into the ocean floor. So that happens with us too. It's like sometimes something hits us; it's just too much, um, and it collapses. So the thing about fixed signs overall is they're there to they focus all force. Fixed signs: Scorpio's fixed water, Taurus is fixed earth. But then remember, Uranus is in there, and Uranus is saying. There's something too fixed about what's going on in Taurus right now, too fixed with the real estate, with the money, with um, aspects of us feeling too landlocked in some part of our life, or feeling like we're too shut down, we're too stubborn about change, because Taurus is, is one is many things beautiful, ruled by Venus, but it doesn't love change. It's very digs its heels in with change, and so this. Tour, you know, with Uranus really going in there saying, well, we've got to open that up and have that breakthrough. So as it's also sending the shock waves down to this Scorpio new moon, it's all saying, so it's going to really stir things up. So it's going to unwind us from some things. There's going to be, like I said, a turbulent energy. One of the things we need to do is focus and at the same time, not be so um, hypervigilant in the focus that then we shut down because that's what happens is I am seeing a lot of people coming into my office right now really feeling this reactive fear response where their nervous system has been so overtaxed that just like when we get locked out of our computers because we've tried the passwords too many times and it just locks us out, my favorite thing, um, that our nervous system does the same thing. It says, you know what, you... You really do not know. You just keep pressuring us to try to unlock something, and you're just you've you've shut us down and we're locked down. So we can't keep functioning in the same way. And that's kind of what's going on. So it it may happen more in our emotional field because water is emotion and Scorpio's that deep, kind of intense, subconscious. Kind of of arena that it's going into Scorpio really is into all the areas that we our culture doesn't love to talk about, so sex and money and and um, uh, ways that we motivate, ways that we seduce, um, also the occult arts and magic and you know that mis- mystical sort of realm. So as we move into the that which is below the surface, um, you know, when you if you're Scorpio or again. Um, people that you know that have more Scorpio in their chart, it's hard for them to express how they feel. It's so deep. Uh, they're very deep and, and they express it through describing um, what's going on. But for them to actually articulate something, they, there's no words sometimes for the depth of what they're experiencing. Just like when we have a journey, we go really deep in a, in a creative expression or very deep in our soul Um, to translate that out in a way that can really uh, describe it in words is very difficult. It's more how it makes us feel. And so that's something to remember is that some of us it's a little easier and some of us it's, it's more challenging. But... That is what I think some of of what will be going on with the transits and the events. So again, with the new moon, just remember that as we set these intentions, um, Shawnee Nichols, who's sort of our empress of uh, you know of astrology and activism and really a contemporary expression of such deep, beautiful work, um, talked about this lunation as being able to um, to break the spells that are. Uh, inhibiting our magic, uh, in in the essence of of me uh, sort of referencing a quote that she put up as we were getting closer to the new moon that we are in right now. And so it's not so much the making of the spells right in this moment, it's breaking the spells. When we talk about spells, we talk about agreements that we might have with, maybe these could be agreements we had with cultural inheritance or the women in our lives or the way we're supposed to work or whatever it might be to say something is inhibiting our magic, meaning our cre- deep creative potential, um, our ability to be willing to be messy in our expression. And so that's what we want to do is unwind. but we want to un- to unwind uh, thoughtfully means we step into whether we call it a ritual or a ceremony or a consciousness to say it is time for me to stay awake. It is time for me to stay awake without fear. It is time for me to bring myself 100% into, like I said um, before, to be able to hold our, um, to step into our dark and be in there allows us then to hold our light. So it's it, it can't be this sense of, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, love and light. It's like, okay, to really love in that deep way, to really understand the depth of all life, we also have to be able to stand inside of it. And I remember when I first started to really go into the shamanic, teachings um, my first person the first person that I really did deep work with talked a lot about um, in, in um, the Americas there can be sorcerism and um, shamanism and that the way he put it, which was I always remember was both are keepers of power, but the difference between a sorcerer is that is sort of uh, someone who stalks personal power and the shaman um, is in service. So it's around it's for the collective. So when we think about when Scorpio invites us to merge with something in order to bring it forth for something greater, you know, in t- but it can get lost in the power, in the control, in the jealousy and in the longing, in the revenge and in the, in the wound. It can be very stingy and it can be very um, uh, uh, consuming. You know, it rules the reproductive system, it rules the sexual organs, it rules elimination, colon. So it's like, what do we let go of and what do we hold on to? If we think of the reproduction system for men and women, um, the Taoists say that that's, the, that's our po- control point, that's our power, because it's the seeds of the next generation. So it's it's creative raw power. How do we bring it forth and channel it? Um, so it's, it's really a strong... Uh, kind of time and a strong energy that we're really working with in that um, you know that that moment. And so we think of deep power and we think of disruptive explosive energies when we're talking about Uranus. So that can be blow-ups, shockwaves. It's kind of like when, you know, they're looking at dams or mines or things like that and saying it's gonna take us forever to dig out, but if we just go in and throw throw a little bomb or a little uranium will blow it up. And that was around. Interesting that, you know, Pluto was, found, was discovered in the 30s, which is also when nuclear power was discovered. So with great, with great power needs great restraint, needs great understanding. So uh, as we move into this. So when we think of this new moon, we, we think of that as we're moving into this lunation, how can I manage my power with love, with grace? with our inner values. Venus is still in Scorpio. And um, it reminds me, you know, me with my dates and my trends. Think back one year ago, you can even listen to our podcast archives of October last year, Venus was going retrograde. So when Venus went retrograde, the day she went retrograde was the day the Me Too movement started. This is a day, remember, Dorothee, didn't you have a blog or you did for Invoke magazine, was it?
0: Yeah, it was a, a post basically opening up a platform for people to anonymously share their own Me Too stories.
1: And that was really meaningful for you. I remember how much you, you spoke about that, being a curator and holding all those stories uh, as you were moving through those. Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. That was really special. So what's interesting now is think about all that work. I know that, that those of you who were journeying with us or doing your own deep work during that time, we did a lot of work. Um, around that or that area for sexual healing, and for um, imbalances of power, and the patriarchal wounding. So, with that in mind, there's dividends. We're in the exact point when we're at the point one year after Venus does her retrograde. Um, we feel reap the benefits, which is true of any retrograde and then full phase. So, right now we're in that moment where you could say, "Oh, what did we learn and grow during that year?" About our power and about us not going back, not going back to sleep, staying awake, moving forward. So what's interesting is the founders of the Me Too movement are now using hashtag Me Too Voter, and they just launched that yesterday and I think or a couple of days ago. It's so interesting because of course I love it. Divine timing, you know, Scorpio new moon. Here we go. Saying keep remembering what you've been through and sisters and then ally brothers and what you learned and let's move into the voting booth and let's support candidates and movements and principles, and people that are all have learned and they're doing their due diligence and they're, you know, uh, really holding, uh, walking their talk. So take that in to who we support. So I, I think that's so beautiful because that's a lot of this lunation. It's saying, if we come into our power, now we have to walk it. How do we walk it? How do we stay with it? At the same time, think about the rocky shore. You know, that, that that's intense meeting of those two really, um, uh, really wild, undomesticated, raw, intense aspects to ourself that can cause us a lot of turbulence. A part of ourself that doesn't like the turbulence is going to have its own crisis around the turbulence. So we need to find a way to be strong enough, not strong in a way of fighting, or again, not the Marsian, the Plutonian, strong in a way of almost receptive like the new moon teaches us. Be receptive to your turbulence, be receptive. The other thing that I wanna arc us into is when we move in to the day of the dead, when we move into Sun Wen, when we move into honoring the cross quarter day of, um, that moment it's about understanding that in the acceptance of death allows us to fully live that death is an illusion and that death is an, it, it, death is a is a rite of passage So when we honor our ancestors when we set the table for them you know when we do the simplest of expressions of saying in the middle of your living room or or create a dining create a meal that night, Where uh, maybe your your intentional community or your relations or whatever might be, just you know, put on the music that your your family loved to play. Um, You know, sometimes they'll say, you know, your grandmother's if she loved. It's interesting. I still have a lipstick holder of my grandmother's because it used to have one of those little mirrors attached to it and then my mother's lipstick and I have that in there. And so that sense of something that it might sound superficial, but for both of them, those were power points. I mean those were ways they always say, you know, don't take, take you no know, lipstick is a form of power for women, uh, in that sense of, of in, in many different levels of when you put your face on and move out. It's sort of like war paint for women, I think, in some ways. Uh, but whatever it meant for them the food that they ate if they smoked cigarettes even though we don't do that anymore they drank you put it out there it's like i'm i'm inviting you to come to the table of life a lot of times we do an offering where we create a little spirit plate when we're you know in ceremony or when we're having special meals this goes much further in you know really bringing forth and inviting the, in the thinning of the realms to say, we honor you, we celebrate you. That beautiful, uh, if any of you saw that animated movie Coco last year, which was all about crossing the doorway between the invisible and visible realms, not getting stuck in either world and being able to really experience the illusion of death and the beauty of, of death opening up to eternal life uh, and also coming in the pleasures of the of the physical aspects of being alive. Um, those doorways are very open. so I think to allow ourselves to take that portal of this new moon to understand as we move into that gateway um, you know just how precious life is and the journey through those through those means um, is is really quite empowering because it allows us then to go out of our comfort zones more and to go further in understanding how we want to reach our potential for something greater. Uh, and try to be patient with it again, like I said, during this time. So as I said, being in the heart of the fall, the fall being the west of the medicine wheel, a moment to merge with the dark inside of ourselves and the dark around ourselves. um, Scorpio is a deeply feminine sign, a time to turn our awareness into mystery and to our magic creatrix within, to let our eyes attune into the dark, whatever that might mean for us and to dissolve the fears, to find our power. Um, the West, in some ways, you know, is that facing of the fears and then um, to see within what they're connected to. And when we talk breaking the spells or cutting the cords, it's really saying um, that still holds power for me. It could be whatever it might be that we articulate that could be the one word that we distill around um, elements that hold power over us, that inhibit us, to say, let me distill those, let me sit in those, let me write about them, let me understand how they're coming to me and let me just be with them so that I can learn from them and I can release them. Uh, that's that's a way to work with this. Um, Everything, like I said, below the surface may start to emerge. So um, the other thing, though, that this this also speaks to in the beginning of that so we prepare ourselves from the 27th to the 31st, is the Mercury going retrograde in Scorpio, with this Uranus element. It goes to, it goes retrograde until the 20th of November, and so when this starts. Mercury is fast. It's the fastest, you know, really it's that fast air sign. So it's the oracle, oracle of all gods, quote unquote. It's the transmitter of information. So of course we want to do things like back up our computers and just have an awareness of, are we sending to all by accident? I've already had, I can't even tell you how many of those little I sent you know, to everyone. Luckily, it was like you know. I mean, I don't think at this point it might be something a little unedited in, in in something I say. But but it was. It's one of those. Be really mindful of, and and I noticed Google sort of changed the mail. So, who you're sending, what to, uh, and just not being a little so fast in trying to multitask and get 10 emails out in five minutes. Just be aware of the consequences of communication and uh, just all of those things about signing contracts and all that good stuff. Just um, try, as I say, not to fix things too quickly because Scorpio likes to understand and Mercury just wants to move through something fast. So it's, it's all the res, again, resetting, reliving, um, you know, releasing, restoring, all of the res apply. Just put RE in front of everything and that's the general retrograde cycles. But in Scorpio, because Scorpio is below the surface, because of the Uranus feature, it could bring up a lot of emotions and a lot of messiness. And if you can hang in there, it's going to be a reassess time. So again, depending on where Scorpio is in your chart and or, you know, this is where what people that you love... Or when you're connected with people, your your uh, people you work with, things like that, um, where Scorpio is in their chart, they may come up with a lot of messiness around what's unveiling for them, and you're holding space. Like you're either the you're the 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 um you know the rocky shoreline that's holding space for them, so you get stronger, I like put up a little boundary, and then or you're the one that's like coming to them with a lot of mess. Um, I don't mean it's either or, but it may in that one area that's sort of kind of unraveling a little bit. The interesting thing when I talked about the other thing about Scorpio or one of the features about Scorpio is Scorpio has this thing where it 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 likes, it's again, like I said, it's primal power, it's intuitive, it's healing, it can be domination. It merges at one level, but at another level, it can be um, almost two boundaries. So it craves intimacy and yet has a lot of time or energy in keeping people at a distance, which I find fascinating and very accurate. And I, you know, I have a fair amount of Scorpio in my chart. So, um, I understand that feeling even inside myself, that I have a lot of privacy, a lot of resistance to intimacy, and yet I go very deep at another level with my exploration, with my work, people, my life, you know, so it's, it's a fascinating sort of uh, paradox uh, with Scorpio and where it moves with us. So it's a month of exploring and learning about self at a soul level, lifting the outer veil so we can go into the level and the realms of matter and energy or spirit uh, in that way. So as we're moving into the retrograde, just sort of remember that, that this is about some of those deeper levels that will be in play. And as we move into that, also, uh, shortly thereafter, after the Day of the Dead on, I think it's the third or the fourth, whatever that Sunday is, it's, um, it's fallback time. So again, that's that time where we move the clocks. And so it's that official sense, like I said, of we're going into um, more, more dark, waning light. Um, so in that sense, with this retrograde, as I say, just to prepare ourselves uh, in a positive way to say, I'm going through my own apprenticeship with learning how to see in the dark, with sitting in the dark, with moving into things that aren't ex- normally exposed with myself or others and just take a deep breath and appreciate the tenderness, the privilege, the sensitivities, um, the beauty of the messiness of people. You know, how they come to us, how we are in ourselves. Be forgiving and be patient. And there's so much to learn. Um, so, it, it really can be a tender uh, appreciation for, again, uh, a way we can move through our humanity, an acceptance, as I say, of something within us or around us. And I think this can be a time uh, where, if we're losing loved ones or um, animal companions, what teachers they are for us, and how privileged, again, we are to sit in that doorway, you know? And it can't even be the birth of what we thought would be a dream or um, times in our fertility, because Scorpio is very much about fertility, uh, a time where something takes and when it doesn't. On the other side of that, this is a regenerative time. Scorpio is extremely regenerative, so even though I'm talking about a lot of letting go of, ironically, This can be a time where we actually, particularly after we get in after the first 10 days of this um, Mercury retrograde, around the 11th, Mercury does something called transits the sun. It moves through a tiny little space. This is, you can, you can, uh, I think there's even some little um, YouTubes about it from astronomers because it's, it only happens 13 times in a century. This is when, like when the Venus transited uh, the sun uh, in 2012. Uh, when it goes retrograde. And it finds these little spaces between the Earth and the sun, and it has the audacity to sort of make its way. So in that time when Mercury transits the sun, it's also that midpoint of the Mercury retrograde. Um, And it's really kind of a cool time because it's right in the midpoint, and then it starts to say, okay, what did you learn in the first 10 days? And then the next day is the full moon in Taurus. So it it moves us that way. It is actually a really good time. Believe it or not, even within a Mercury retrograde, you might find some miracles, new opportunities that full moon is going to stabilize. Remember, fixed sign. So Taurus in this moment goes, hey, Uranus, knock it off. I'm still here and I'm going to help everybody sort of be a fixed pole of stabilization. So the full moon, I think, is really going to help us, even though we've still got the retrograde. And it can ironically be if like some new opportunity comes up, it could be interestingly be I'm going to sign that contract because it's new. It's a breakthrough. It's a function because Uranus also brings divine timing. So Uranus might deliver something that's really cool or a new idea or something. So I, I'm not saying hold your breath. I'm just saying let go. What it needs to let go unwind from things that are blocking your possibility and then see when something comes forward in that, you know, in that moment that is really connected to your soul. That really gives you that intuitive sort of, this is the right thing to do, even though it scares me, it's the good kind of fear that the dark brings forth about potential. So that's a really interesting midpoint. Next day we have the full moon in Taurus and that conjuncts Vesta, which is that asteroid about commitment. So I also think it's a time to recommit to new habits, sign the inner contract within ourselves and then get that going so that when Mercury does go direct on the 20th, just after after the Sun has moved into Scorpio, um, we feel really ready to launch ourselves because Sagittarius then is the next sign and Sagittarius is all about the fire of moving forward into possibility, future forward, you know, um, launching. So we start to get the momentum out of the retrograde. So I'm going to let you, before I just talk about our practices, anything that you're reflecting or touching you as I'm bringing all this forth.
0: I really liked what you said about being receptive to the turbulence, because I think often we are resisting very strongly the things that may feel uncomfortable but they are in fact pushing us towards growth and change that we do need. So actually embracing some of those rocky waters, I think, yeah, is really great advice.
1: Yeah, we hang on. And, and these are like, we get shook up. So if we get shook up, it's, it's, um, you know, again, we, we survive it. I mean, we remember after we have birth, I mean, as Mothers, right after we birth that, we shake, you know, that Kundalini awakening. We, we're just shaking, shaking, shaking. We're shaking off the birth, you know, we're just like this, this it's like this little earthquake of movement. And it's, it's a very primal experience. And uh, life uh, altering kinds of things, small, large, there is an aftershock or a shocking component. It's, it's, but it doesn't mean to the system as we've known it to be. But it doesn't mean it's wrong because with Pluto, remember, is in Capricorn with Saturn. Um, it's all about shaking up systems that don't, you know, don't sustain us anymore. So remember, something inside of us needs to be shaken up as well, so that it, it lets it go. And it's a fixed sign, so there's stuff we're holding on to that we think I'm the queen of this. I can control how the disruption happens. I love to think I can control how the disruption happens because it's scaring me and, and sometimes it works and a lot of times it doesn't. So um, the degree to which I hold on at the moment that I need to let go causes me more suffering, not, not what's dissolving. it needs to happen, you know, it's just the personal ego levels, you know uh, in those ways. So in terms of, of this opening of floodgates as we might talk about or the information that comes through, Um, You know, Uranus directly opposing wants more freedom, more release, and more breakthrough. So keep thinking about that, that um, it's not necessarily at all anything bad. It's just that power and patience don't generally go hand in hand. Um, But they're really key in this moment to find our rhythm, to find our timing, and to retrieve soul aspects. Um, You know, I can't say enough that, that scorpionic moments are really those great moments to go deeper into our soul self. Um, in that sense. So again, remembering where Scorpio is in our, our chart, maybe where the um, pod gets stirred. And with every wound is the remedy to heal it. Just keep remembering that that you know, all the homeopathic remedies have a little element of, in some ways, like the snake bite, you know, that venom has to be in there because then it allows the healing of the snake bite. So it's, it's, that's the beauty is that remedies take time to brew. So if we think about the witches, we think about, you know, uh, the witches' uh, new year, we think about the deep, dark mystery and how we show up for it. The remedies, uh, the, the ways I really feel this, a lot of times when we talk about doing complex ritual and um, we set a lot of components up to it, I think the simpler the better in this lunation. Go deep in your learning about the elements, about the mastery and the medicine of the elements. So if you're working with the like again, deep water, do the ritual baths where you're praying with whatever herbs you put in your bath, the flowers you choose for your bath, the stones that you place in there, the salts. Take a moment, create them in the you know, in the most beautiful way, in the way of prayer for yourself. And as you step into them, really feel the the hot bath, and you're sweating out those toxins, the emotional pain that you might feel, what you're letting go of, and then take a cup of the water and bring it to Mother Earth the next day. Water your plants with it. Like see it then as a as a beautiful, maybe even hold a remedy, but work with it as that which I've let go of. So the more ceremonial, the most simplest ways. When you cook your food and you put the power on, you put the heat on just think about everything that I prayed about when I made the meal, all of that good medicine goes into my food. Simple, simple kinds of curation that we do when we're connected, um, when we're working with the fire, you know, ritually, and then even just everything becomes a ritual, right? It, because we're getting one with it um, in that sense. So I think using and working with herbs, sage, sweetgrass, cedar, pinyon, um, they're beautiful herbs that have tremendous fragrance and have tremendous capacity to carry our the smoke carrying our prayers to spirit so that's the gateway member the veils are thin so the more whatever prayer means to you you are blowing with your with your breath out into the universe in whatever you believe in something greater to assist you beyond yourself to the um, you know to this capacity to enhance yourself to be supported in your life again we're calling in the ancestors they're waiting for us they're on the other side just saying I'm here I see you I love you thank you for letting me facilitate in the unseen mystical ways to help support you and so just to have that sense of you know just imagine if everything could come to life and all of them were around you including, I was even looking at a picture. I had this beautiful dog that I had for 14 years. That was sort of a, I hate to overuse the overused word spirit animal, but it really was my sole companion, even though he was a pain, you know, sort of part coyote or wolf or something. Uh, and, uh, and he was born on, uh, he was born on Halloween and he was just, just with me. You know, if I close my eyes, I still feel him with me, his impact, his protection of me. Uh, you know, it's really, really beautiful. We have those with Maybe ancestors we know, and maybe ancestors we don't. And our little children are, or our are, are that you know our aunt, our our cousins, our nieces and nephews, our children. They're our ancestors, and they're really wise, and they're supporting us too, just like we support them. It's not a one-way street. They love us so much. They believe in us sometimes. You know, have you ever had a kid in your life, like, do you ever feel that way, Dorte? Like your son is looking in your eyes like he totally believes you in a way that you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe you're putting this much trust in my hands. <laughs> you know, do you ever get that feeling? Like yeah, he, it's he, a little he, scary he you do, right? Yeah, they they really do. Um, it's really sort of beautiful uh, in that way. So so they're with us, you know. And I think the rituals is sort of waking up to the way that the everything that has faith in us to show up in in a way that we don't know is possible. That's like such deep love within one another and to release ourselves from that, which makes us feel like we don't have the power, you know, to show up with, with the grandeur, you know, not at an ego level, just at a trust level. So it is building trust in that way. So I would say with those prompts in reviewing, um, uh, the fall themes of anything grabbing your attention as not fully cleared or healed. Anything that is uh, making sense now that's coming forward during, uh, particularly during the retrograde, signs that do that. So re- remember, it's lifting the veils, so it might not come up in really clear messages, but sometimes it's right in our face. How do you relate to power? What old belief system or spell are you ready to break or break up with that's holding you back? I love that. You know, I'm breaking up with. I, you know, I like that. It has a powerful feeling. It has a way of us taking control um, and relating to the power. So it's a lot of second and third chakra kinds of issues. As I said, paying attention to signs, to people coming and going in our lives, new opportunities in the midpoint of the cycle, new relationships. Uh, that come in, but don't recreate old patterns with new people. That's a myth we can get into. It's like, oh, it's a new person in our life. It's like, great, but if you're creating, if you're bringing forward the old patterns, how is it valuing, you know, how is it of value? So just don't get caught up in that if something's new, it doesn't mean it doesn't have the capacity to do it in an old way, that's on us. Um, uh, So embodying the potential for emotional healing, more genuine connections, healing, trust issues, and discernment. When I talked about boundaries, again, not boundaries for boundaries' sake, but that that sort of interesting dynamic that Scorpio yields, which is, I'll go really deep, but I may not let you in. That's sort of fascinating how that dance plays out. So do expect past lessons coming back. As I said, healing happening, reciprocal love and respect, motivation in bettering self, a timing of miracles, a dedication to selfhood or Vesta, in your voice, in your message coming through Mercury, and um, back to the west direction. Again, remembering in the new moon, do your journeys. Um, there was a journey I just did with uh, a met women, med, w- women's medicine circle, that was really beautiful. Where we went into a cave, and it was a dark cave. That then we smelled the herbs, and then saw that beautiful fire. There was an elder at the fire and we invited and invoked a medicine guide that was an animal spirit guide. When I was doing the journey, facilitating it, I felt my heart ready to explode and I checked with the women and then everybody's heart was too. And what I felt was, you know, in this time of the year, it's very much bear medicine because the bear is starting to go into hibernation and it's going to live from what it's what it's um, found through the year, think about that. Like, what are we regenerating, and what what as we really the myth is we go to sleep, but we really source from what we what we uh, discovered throughout the course of the year and the bare heart. And it felt like we all had this work done on our heart chakra, around that that strengthening of the heart to really go deep within ourselves, to be able to be strong when we need to be strong and joyful when we need to be joyful and release and surrender. So if that resonates with you, I would really encourage you to do that journey for yourselves um, in the new moon and then just feel the beauty of that medicine for you in strengthening the heart, which will carry us through and open up to um, an ancestor that cultivates that medicine for you uh, in that way. And some of the stones that I really love during this time are obsidians or some stone that has a reflective quality because it reflects back to us what we need to see and refracts, refracts that light that we need to see that shows us things um, in that way. And then as we get to the full moon with um, in Taurus, uh, chrysocolla and turquoise is really beautiful. Again, it's Venus, but it's an earthly Venus. So if that resonates as well. Um, So it's the prelude, you know, in some ways also to next year's Venus and Mars retrogrades, which are going to be really intense. So, you know, we just think about, again, cycles supporting us in cycles. Uh, So I hope I didn't overwhelm you, but I think it's going to be a really uh, strengthening new moon. I just think it's not going to be on our terms.
0: Thank you so much, Susan. And for those who would like to work with you, I know that there is a retreat that you have coming up. This spring.
1: Yes, uh, and I'm so thrilled you're going to be there with us. It is our 20th annual. We started them in 2000, so I, that really means a lot to me, 2020. So for some women, it's 20 years, and other women, it's their first year. And I, I, nothing I love more than weaving new and known sisters and uh, coming together and weaving a circle. So to me, what it's boiled down to is the power of the circle. That's the greatest remedy to me of all time, is to step in together in this space of equality and do this work that we need to do. And the theme of this particular one is the liberation of our soul's voice, which, as we're talking about right now, you can see that in Scorpio, the depth of the opening, and then actually when we all meet in, it's April 30th to May 3rd, is we're actually then on the other side of this because we're in Taurus. New moon will be right after the new moon in Taurus. So we see the power of that right before Venus goes retrograde. Um, So it's going to be really a time of that oracle of liberating, again, at a really deep level, what is the catch basin that's inhibiting our voice. And for, I think, a lot of women now, it's not so much the courage to speak our truth about strong things. It's more the um, difficulty we have to speak the quieter voice of intimacy. So talking about what our needs are, talking about what our sexual needs are, talking about our financial needs, like all those quiet ways that we feel uncomfortable, really showing, I think, that's Scorpionic, what are the intimate? Quiet needs that we have that we just go without because it's scary to bring them forth. And it creates so much um, exposure and vulnerability. So, you know, wherever that is, the power of telling new stories, the power of being storytellers together, weaving new stories for the new collective and for the new um, rising of the feminine. So I think it's going to be a really powerful time. It's going to be in New Mexico, which is talk about bringing the worlds together. Uh, and at Sunrise Springs, which Dorote, you know, you were at last year you were there with us, and, and we loved having you. And Dorote, you're going to bring the power of your song. And so we're really excited to have you with us and the power of prayer um, to to help facilitate and guide and be with us. So uh, I really hope if anyone's interested, um, and the link tree in Instagram or on my website, it'll take you on the landing page. Open registration is now and through the month of November. And so please come with us. It's a great, you know, Scorpio is also about investment. This is a great investment in yourself and it's a Thursday night to a Sunday. So it's not too, too much, but it's enough to gift yourself. Um, as, as we say, treat yourself to something that will give it back in dividends for you, for your family, for your loved ones. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to say about the retreats you've been to many of them over the years, but you just went last year. So you have your own.
0: Yeah. Well, it is truly a gift. And, the land where the retreat center is is just really enchanting i mean there's a reason new mexico has that slogan the land of enchantment i mean it's it's just so beautiful the flowers and the trees and the the air itself smells like medicinal plants like it's really incredible so it it feels Very restorative to go to just alone, that and then adding on, you know, the incredible circle and the work that you do. I found, especially last year, to be so nourishing. And I came back to my family just feeling like I had some sacred feminine support at my back, like that I was truly held and that I could, you know, go into my life and be in service from a place of support as opposed to depletion. If that makes sense, probably makes sense to a lot of women, a lot of mothers. So yeah, anything that we can do to really nourish ourselves, I think is an incredibly worthwhile investment.
1: Yeah, I think of it. That's my hope is really, that's why I I kind of, um, find places where we can be um, taken care of because I think that to to return and give from a place of fullness allows us to really even channel more because we're not giving our personal individual energies. We're being conduits and weavers and um, facilitators of something greater. Uh, it, it's not pulled from our inner being. So that's my my intention. Uh, And, you know, something I know I so definitely need.
0: And actually, now that I think about it, since since we will be working with the voice and song before I went to the retreat last year, I had been singing a song uh, as a kind of like pleading and longing, which was like, oh, great mother, um, carry me in your arms, carry me home, because sometimes I would just feel so (laughs) weakened. And I'm just like, somebody help me over here. After the retreat, I remember that I. I consciously changed the song because I was like, well, that's not the energy I want to be in. And that's not even accurate. Now I'm singing, Oh, great mother carries me in her arms. Like she is doing that. And I am held. And that was, you know, it sounds like, okay, it's one song you're singing, but it was a real big shift in my energy. And I'm really grateful for that.
1: I love that. Well, you broke the spell because you went from a place of longing into a place of collaboration because your faith got so great. And so I think, Thank you for sharing that. That really moves me. And also, I think it's that shape shift of one belief system into another that we carried. in it's kind of like a song from that where, where you came from. And I think we all can get into uh, and that into the collaboration of connections. So I think that's a that is like a full circle of this lunation. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's such a powerful breaking of an old spell into a new as it relates to uh, song. So I love it.
0: Well, awesome. I hope that many of us will be breaking spells over this coming (laughs) month. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll be excited to hear from you all. If you want to leave a comment in the Facebook group, which is Moonwise Sisterhood, and uh, otherwise, you know, commenting over Instagram and other ways, we love to hear from you.
1: We really appreciate it, and we're grateful that you listen, and, and that, we have this incredible virtual community uh, that also informs uh, the and really feeds us in the work that we do in the offering. So it's it's all good. Have a great month.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. You can find Susan's work online at everydaymedicinewoman.com and at Susan Lipschitz on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. If you're not in the group yet, just search Facebook for Moonwise Sisterhood and answer two quick questions to join. And if you haven't heard the recent MoonWise episode about worthiness and the importance of nourishing new mothers, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with author and postpartum healer, Sophie Ward-Corin, about food, beauty, and ceremony. Sophie shares her story of starving to fit the mold of the modeling industry and how she used writing to bring herself back into authenticity. We discuss overcoming the cult of perfection and learning to take up space as a woman. We also talk about creating mother blessing ceremonies and feeding new mothers with nutrient-rich foods and gentle care. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the MoonWise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album, Rewilding, whose amazing work you can find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time.